Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your host, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back for episode three. Today. Third one. Third one. Here we go. Um, I think today what we're going to be covering is building muscle and the importance of building muscle. And also... Um, why not to underestimate your strength because we very much feel like a lot of people do that um they never really value themselves that highly when it comes to their strength and that kind of can impact obviously their progress and performance um going forward so first things first i feel like just to kick things off uh, and open a discussion around building muscle would you say there are negative connotations towards building muscle with the fact that most people feel like they're going to get bulky, they're going to lose some form of athleticism or mobility in a way like it's going to negatively impact them in a, in a certain way. Yeah, I think, I think those have slightly changed over the years. I think in terms, if you're talking on a female side, I would say that that still very much echoes through the industry in the sense of, I guess when you look at the industry, you're always looking at the pinnacle of it, aren't you? Yeah. And I think those people are always going to be the ones that <laughs> carry more muscle mass. True. And for so many people, I think men as well. I mean, I'm sure... I mean, who did you look up to when you were oh, growing up? Let's just guess. the traditional, yeah, the what, traditional bodybuilders. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is it actually Schwarzenegger? Schwarz Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay. Schwarz or something or other. <laughs> um, yeah, the traditional uh, men's muscle magazine is what generally enticed me as a young, teen, impressionable teenager. Where did you buy that in Zimbabwe? The flea market. The I flea market. <laughs> Not even at a, we didn't even have bookstores. Flea market. I was allowed to go to the corner shop every weekend and buy I a magazine. I think you used to pay, this was before hyperinflation, you paid 50 US dollars. What, for a man with some no, muscles on the No, 50 Zim dollars, sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's kind second of sad, hand, isn't second it? Second yeah. magazine. I'm just going to buy a magazine that's yeah. just full of stacked dudes. And yeah, that, well... I guess at that what age, did you do? it's either... stick them on your wall? No, <laughs> not, not, quite. not quite. I don't know. I don't think we should really go down this path. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it could go like the wrong no, way. No, but it was, it's, it's like you said, everybody kind of fixating over uh, the pinnacle when it comes to muscle building. And there is generally sometimes a bit of a negative connotation towards being muscular or wanting to achieve... Uh, a muscular physique I think um, though that like the beginning of muscles really came about when like I guess steroid use was also highly exaggerated I mean you always looked at like in the news you always saw that like bodybuilders died and you know and they all still of these, to a certain degree yeah are. because they're they're the other extreme I guess to... that's that some could argue cases of uh, abuse but um, I guess that's another conversation for another yeah, that's day. Quite deep. But anyway, um, I mean, going back to who you used to idolise in the sense of building muscle, you were kind of always looking at magazines. Yeah. So I feel like those magazines always highlight the top, as we always say, one percent. I don't even think sure. it's one percent. I genuinely think it's like zero point zero one percent. And so amounts. you're always thinking, oh God, is that going to be me? And then I guess for female magazines, you're always looking at somebody with like a sweatband around their head. Yeah, and like, like a, a bikini a or a, yeah. a bikini athlete or a, you know something in in that realm. I still think it's only just literally. I reckon in the past 
year. Mm. I actually really think in the past year have people actually really clocked on to strength training and building muscle. Sure. I, I, it's quite a big it's statement to make because we've been in the industry for ages. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's been brought up in so many ages it being beneficial as well. I think this is one another thing. Before it used to be, oh, it's a physique thing. Yeah. When actually now it's about how does so this improve more. your quality of life? I guess that's what, what we also need to touch on is, I mean, obviously starting off in the industry quite young, in the sense that we were both quite young when we when we first started, and it it is quite uh, for a vanity, or there's some level of vanity to obviously looking a certain way, um, but I think once we moved to Cape Town and we opened the gym, and we started to deal with a little yeah, bit of an older demographic, yeah, did we change. start to really catch on to okay, this is more than looking a certain way. This is more about preserving your quality of life as you get older not when you're 50 we're talking about 60s 70s yeah I think like going off what Mark said like I mean we used to train in London we used to have clients that were older but it was very much the you know few percent I mean Mm. I guess the age range we used to deal with was probably like I what mid-20s to like 40s sort of like vibe at a push I mean like obviously we had older clients you know and dotted around but I think when we did start to deal with those that came in with years and years of I guess pain related stuff injuries you know made a tennis injury 30 years ago and still hadn't addressed it sure (laughs) you know things like this so we started to realize that actually it's just not highlighted enough for those I guess those getting older, but also preparing yourself for mm. the fact that when you do age, unfortunately, it's not that great, no. I guess, you and know, but you can make it really great you if can. you give yourself a good foundation. You can. And it's never too late to start either. Like we've had loads of clients that have been, have never strength trained or, or done any form of formal or structured exercise and have started in their 50s and 60s and have 70s and their 70s and have gotten to a point where they're in the best shape of their lives even compared to when they were 20 so it's crazy actually you know that's basically starting an entire journey even though later on in life you can you can regain some youthfulness in the sense of you know maintaining joint mobility maintaining overall body composition and muscle mass i do think you just look radiant as well i don't really like that word it sounds like a bit like a a moisturizer advert but i do feel like when you bring out your strengths constantly or consistently i should say you know you do just shine slightly differently to when you don't i guess i think there's also a level of uh internal and psychological confidence when it comes to being strong and you know having above average amounts of muscle mass things you need to think about when it comes to like building muscle because number one building muscle is a very hard goal at the start for beginners those not used to training in a way you can see some huge progress very very quickly but for some people like us like if we had a goal of building muscle now you know and keep on building muscle I mean we not only have to match our nutrition you know really really closely to that goal but we've also got to to train a lot harder (laughs) yeah it's all about stimulus at the end of the day 
your body's constantly in a level of adaptation. It's never stagnant. So whatever stimulus you provide to the body, your body will then have to adapt towards that stimulus. So if you're constantly weight training in a progressive manner, your body is going to want to build lean muscle tissue yeah. uh, on your body. And it will always be better when obviously, like, as we said, like nutrition is matched. I mean, people obviously bang on about protein. I find that like as much as protein is so beneficial and we all should be eating enough of it, I do think it's the most over-marketed. I mean, like majority yeah. of protein products these days don't even contain that much protein. I guess you've got to you define know, what you, like a protein pancake that's got like four grams of protein per pancake. Is versus that, just eating a whole food is that, where you don't need the... Is that protein not, not really. really like how many of those do you need to eat yeah. to literally sustain your daily career quite a lot of pancakes yeah. which is not a bad thing pancakes yeah. are great but also it's just i guess the quality of your protein matters when it comes to building muscle as well and also being consistent this is the thing like unless you are a beginner and you see those results very quickly mm. you know most of the time it can be quite a I guess, what's the word, slog to building muscle? Like you need to be prepared to potentially put on body yeah, fat alongside a it fat, a little bit. Obviously you want to minimize that. A lot of people are not too interested in hearing uh, that they're going to put, put on, on weight, yeah. weight or put on body fat when it comes to a personal journey. I feel like we are so stuck in a diet culture narrative of consistently wanting to lose weight or consistent consistently being in a calorie deficit yeah. that you know going the other way into a surplus as coaches uh, and I'm sure Georgia can attest to this when we reverse diet clients or take clients in the What's opposite a direction diet, uh, a reverse diet is basically after a long period of dieting or ca some form of calorie restriction you then uh, slowly add calories back into your diet to then try and build or manipulate your overall metabolic rate Okay, good explanation. So you, that was yeah, like just a little bit of a snippet, just back onto what reverse Yeah, diet. just adding calories back into your diet slowly so that you can build a metabolic rate. But there is also this thing where like, you know, when you don't, when you, when you see somebody that has a lot of muscle mass, forget those that are very, very lean all the time. We're yeah. talking about those that actually have substantial muscle mass. They have done periods where they've had to make themselves, I guess, in some way uncomfortable with the way that they felt because yes. that, in a way, is slightly required if you've got a very serious training goal. Mm. If you are general population, you know, we find the best actual part for building muscle is probably maintenance for a lot of people because mm. if their training is correct, you know, and the stimulus is correct and provided yeah. to them, you know, adequately, yeah. that maintenance is actually all that's really needed for a general population client. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Or, or if you're looking to build muscle, a very small yeah. calorie surplus of between 100 to 300 calories on top of your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure. Yeah, and I think also being able to, like, as we said, like, the macro composition of your meals then starts to come into play a little bit more. Like, when you're trying to lose fat, we never really advise to then be building muscle. Again, it's different. Kind of counterproductive. Counterproductive, but also it's different for, if we're talking in a more progressed stance rather than a beginner's stance. Yeah. 
I think like I think we need to clarify like if you're starting off uh, exercising is probably the first three to six months or you're going to see the most exponential growth and progress if you are consistent enough and, and yeah. adherent enough those that first 12 months when you're introducing new stimulus to your body is the quickest time that your body will probably transform over the entire period and the longer you walk down that road of per, of personal um I guess enhancement growth, growth personal <laughs> growth your personal journey it gets harder and harder to like George just said to get one pound of muscle or to get leaner or to get stronger in certain movements you are literally slogging away to yeah. get bare minimum results well, that's a really negative. No, I won't. Yeah, <laughs> okay. like, you get not absolutely fuck all. Yeah, like, not no, but, but like you know it takes I mean, a period of time, of and time. it's you know if you're wanting that you know if you're wanting to push it to the higher end of the scale, then you need to be prepared to obviously make a sacrifice and realize that you know you might be used to being slightly leaner or whatever, but if you want substantial muscle and you want to be able to maintain it, then you need to obviously adapt um calories and whatnot um to match with that and also adjust your protein requirements because protein to us is obviously the most important macro um but also when it comes to building muscle it is one of these things that if you aren't eating enough protein you will end up with i guess not the same result as um what you're I guess expecting going off of our managing expectations conversation yeah, yeah. you um, need to you need to have your 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 ducks in a row when it comes to these things and like George said hitting macros like protein and things like that is very difficult it's not easy you have yeah the to... higher end of the scale like don't ever think that like it's suddenly just super easy for you to be able to adhere to these targets yeah. and stuff because reality is is you you know if you're not super serious about it then maybe you should step back and think okay what should this goal really be but if you are super serious about it then you know it's not easy getting your protein targets unless you just love eating protein which some people do i guess yeah to a certain degree there's but let's be honest out of all the the people that we've dealt with we would say nutritionally when it comes to all the targets that's probably one of the hardest people get i would actually say i would confidently hit. say I have never worked with anyone that's eating enough protein at the start. Yeah, I 100% agree with that statement. Um, and that's purely because people yeah, are unaware I mean, of, of the it's protein. It's also the cu- like cuisines of the world. Like Some cuisines of the world don't necessarily encourage sources of protein in their foods. And that's also something. And also availability. You know, protein can be bloody expensive, especially all the supplementation with it as well. And that's where I think a lot of people find... I think the supplementation is really overrated in terms of taste and overall... I would say I've eaten like a couple of protein bars in my life that are actually Yeah, there's some like, tasty protein bars. I, are they tasty or do they I taste a little like bit like the off grenade caramel? ones. 
the grenade, grenade ones are good. Okay. I mean, they're going to, in my opinion, they're probably the best tasting you're going to get, but that's also personal yeah. taste. Yeah. And sometimes they can be really sweet and loads of people have said, mm, that's like eating. Yeah, I think it's personal taste. Um, but it's also like, is that in a, for example, building muscle goal, like would you choose a protein bar over potentially like a whole I food guess source or food volume? Which is If you want to go into the weeds, you would have a certain amount of your calorie intake portioned or budgeted towards what are known as like convenience based foods where are like you what, easy like, to yeah. grab like pret a mange or pret a mange pret a mange pret a mange yeah, I, you, you know, know I like my French accent. No, honestly, this is actually just embarrassing. If Ever since we've from been France, to France, to uh, coming from South Africa, I'm basically... F- You're not from South Africa. You we were moved from South Africa. Oh, you did move we to France. And then we went to we France. We didn't move to France, we moved <laughs> to the UK. <laughs> Where have you lived in the world, Mark? Where have I lived in the world? Um, <laughs> Zimbabwe and... Zimbabwe. And just the UK? South Africa. Oh, yeah. oh my god, just forget the last like yeah. few years of my life. Traumatizing. Um, anyway. I blame uh, Keith. Oh yeah, I blame Keith. Keith's probably definitely not listening to this. To put into contact, Keith was our um, previous neighbour in uh, Cape Town and all I can say is we did never saw eye to eye with made, We could have made it onto an episode of Nightmare Neighbours. Yeah, and that's not from our side, that's from his. You just don't even want to know. Yeah. Let's just put it this way, Keith didn't eat enough protein, definitely. He <laughs> And he had minimal muscle mass. He did. Yeah. Um, but he liked to be topless 24-7 wearing With a pair of shades and a cowboy hat God, anyway. screaming at his wife yeah oh god let's not go down that route anyway back to building muscle yes. and Side everything track. that comes with it um, I think now obviously we were going to talk about what were we going to mention the main thing um, that we should cover obviously like how, how, do you, how do you build muscle and then is there obviously a difference between uh, building muscle when it comes to uh, men and women and oh yeah definitely I mean there's definitely I mean that's something we should definitely speak about now actually yeah. I think but gender. let's cover let's cover how 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 do you build muscle and how do you go about building muscle and what lifestyle and self-care habits do you have to set up in your day-to-day regime to set you up for the biggest chance to to achieve that goal um I think we'd start with I would say first and foremost I mean, I could say training, but mm. I'd actually like to say sleep. Okay. I think that, well, funny this, because a lot of people bang on about sleep now. Sure. When did this come about that suddenly sleep was important? Um, I'm not really sure. Because it suddenly went, it went from ago. like, it's cool not to sleep to being... We're running like, out of fads to, to market in this industry, so we're just cycling through basically everything. Yeah, don't go to sleep, wake up, yeah. do go to sleep, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, I'd say that without good quality sleep or a conscious, I guess what I'd like to say is actually you're consciously thinking that you want to get a good night's sleep, you're going to very much halt any progress due to both the, I guess, problems it causes, what problems, I mean, with nutrition, it definitely causes havoc. Um, But with training, obviously, then recovery ends up being limited and your, I guess, your training sessions are not going to be... That's Hamp- good. are going to be hampered from being tired obviously and yeah. not recovering and being sore and doms and yeah do you know what doms are delayed what onset muscle soreness or well stiffness done, i can't remember which one it is oh my it's god how can the... you just get that wrong well i didn't get it wrong it's i didn't get wrong. it right. 
<laughs> did you get it wrong? <laughs> oh, it's something. I think it's, it must be, yeah. One know, of the two. One of the two. So, yeah, leading on to that, like if you're not sleeping, then Good, you can't yeah. train hard. And then obviously that moves into the second thing. Obviously your training needs to be hard. It can't just be easy it can't yeah it can't just like you can't be working at like a four out of ten or a six out of ten you've got to be working up at like literally eight to ten out of ten well i mean some of the some of the recent studies say that you can work within a relative perceived exertion which is basically a sliding scale one to ten of effort uh, between six, Se- yes, six and eight is apparently the sweet spot. I mean, look, we've also got to spot. talk about that. What is this like? It's not really that relative to anybody because it's yeah. different for each individual each going through. Each person is obviously so, like, different. You can't. I do like a scale. Obviously, everybody loves a sort of like up down motion, mm-hmm. like, you know. But at the end of the day, it it does come down to you, like. Yeah, you need to work. There on. needs to be some level of effort and intensity placed onto the muscle to force the muscle to adapt like for example if you're a beginner like you're not going to be pushing for you know you'd be pushing to the higher rpe but that might be higher in the sense of weight wise that i could lift versus what a beginner potentially could lift it's just relative to obviously you as a person so you know pushing for max amount of weight if you're a beginner probably not that no. advised but, so, but like you said like like we said with regards to the literature yeah, i know you don't like me using that word the I studies literature is so boring you I know, know you could is. start at six out of ten when did you, you know are... i got an a star for english lit at school well, anyway um my mum i certainly didn't yeah you certainly did i have no idea how i did that unless i by mistake mixed up the exams who knows going on from spelling if you've ever seen my our spelling mistakes you know what? I'm going to bring it up on here. I hope they're not listening. Maybe they are. <laughs> I'll never forget getting a comment on Instagram. And oh, it was yes, like from a linguist. A linguist. <laughs> and this is when we first started pumping out like what you could call as infographics. And like we're very creative in the way that we do it. We always try to do something a little bit different. Um, but sometimes spelling like when you've looked at something you've spent loads of time just like researching making sure putting it together like you can miss those like really common spelling mistakes and this woman commented saying like i love your work but it's painful (laughs) it's painful to see that you spelt it there and not they are like literally and i just was like well that's that then that's my whole yeah, career super done. disheartened. You're like, yeah, delete. Like, Fuck's sake, delete. I hate my life. Like, <laughs> your phone I hate social media. Yeah. yeah, literally, like, why does this exist? Um, but no, I'll never forget that spelling. Back from li- the literature. What does the literature read, Mark? Um, <laughs> the literature doesn't read anything. No, you've thrown me off. To, I just, no, I'm just thinking of all the horrible things people have said to us over the years. Okay. Oh, do you know, we're going to go down a social media rabbit hole. Yeah, we definitely If you've ever been horrible to, be, to us. No, we haven't. If you've ever look, been horrible to us, no, we remember. <laughs> you are. Yeah. The thing is with social media, just a little bit of a sidetrack, is that 90, in your, if you're in our industry and you choose the route like we did, which was to not show ourselves as much, you're then kind of just being judged on your information. I hate the word judge, but that is genuinely social media. It's like you're yeah. on a pedestal to some degree. Yeah. Um, I do think that, you know, when somebody think when it, right, 
a lot of people think different things in our industry and that's when the fuckery of social media begins when somebody doesn't agree with your information because they think something else that's literally what yeah, it is or it's based off their own personal experience of oh something worked for me oh, so yeah. by you saying that it doesn't work you're not right because it worked for me so you know what I will just say this you know sometimes you can literally just want to turn your phone off because you're like do you know how qualified we actually are like literally yeah. I don't want to be a massive twat about this, mm. but sometimes when people write who are not qualified or have no experience of dealing with yeah. other people, you do just think like, okay, cool, we'll just advise on everything these days. Like, let's pick like the topic that I like yeah. least interested in and I'll just jump in with my advice. Yes. That's what I think is a very big problem with social yes. media. But I don't think many people have been horrible to us. We've had a, f- we've had a few like really dicky no, comments. No, yeah, you do. And generally they're... It's just from a throwaway uh, fake account or an angry yeah, Normally man. these people either like know off you or like, it's just a very weird thing. Like people do set up a lot of fake accounts. There's also, and also... there's been a, quite a few, hate to say it, quite stereotypical short men as well. Oh, that's a very big statement to there make. There have been. There have been. Though. There have been. I have to say that like, I just feel like as women, we just listen and care a little bit more. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of women that, think they're fucking right the whole time which is obviously me being one of them joking (laughs) you know but there are a lot of men where i just think like (sighs) put a pin in it yeah yeah i'm not going to get into that subject because we could be a yeah let's circle back to actually so training nutrition we haven't really mentioned yeah effort this is another Um, thing but yeah so leading on to nutrition when it comes to you know it's very different for for men and for women Women go through hormonal changes. Big, uh, big conversation through the month, and as uh, George will explain to you, you know, as you go through those fluctuations, your desire to consume protein or nutrient dense meals and things like that do alter as you go through those massively. So, and like changes again, another thing that you can't really just pinpoint on like this X, Y, and Z because my symptoms be very different to a lot of other people's symptoms. Some people don't get them at all. Some people get every fucking symptom under the sun. Some people choose to avoid all of that topic altogether. But I think when it comes to like, your period every month like for some reason it's always a surprise like literally I'm sure for my husband as well it's like a raging like it's never pleasant that's when we won't have a podcast is that week literally um it's yeah in silence we don't talk to each other um no but I think you know for nutrition wise your taste buds change you know around the start Mm. of your period or before like for me I'm probably about 10 days prior to even starting bleeding like I will savagely want to eat everything that's not protein unless it's like protein bars that are chocolate (laughs) chocolate covered yeah just more palatable more palatable food like where are the crisps like crisps are the death would you say (laughs) I I guess it's like you said personal preference but it's more carbohydrate and fat yeah definitely thing. like it's the desire to just raid the cupboard and yeah. also like cheese as well that's only so like, basically like fats and <laughs> yeah um, like i definitely go through like quite a high fat yeah. stage around my period like fat is something i always want cheese i always want sure. like something random like a ham and cheese you know, sandwich and, and for you know? guys well, obviously we don't experience that we it's very plain sailing do they have 
do you have any idea how easy that is for you? Yeah, we're very. It's it's it, a very under <laughs> underappreciated thing that we don't have to go through so many hormonal changes each month. You know, because it really does. Like you know, if we see it with so many clients as well, like you know, they do so well, and then it comes the time of the month mm. and the run up to it, and then Seven everything goes prior, to shit. Yeah. It's like, Stress I hate levels. myself, I haven't made progress, I can't do this, I feel yeah. like shit, like my clockwork. training's been shit. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's only a few days. I guess this, is why, this is why we, when we do our consultations and we get people, when they sign up, we have all, the, all our female clients write down their days of their... Menstrual cycles, because obviously cycle. you can just tell. Not because only to wait like you said, uh, like Georgia said, when you... When you read the check-ins and things like that, you can almost pretty much time it. Oh, literally, sometimes we don't even need to just double-check that a client cycle is definitely those days. You can literally just tell. And it's the same with how I would behave to you around my period. It's literally automatically the same. Or battle stations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I'm sure some women would definitely agree with me. Because it's just annoying it happens so frequently. But anyway, I think... There are times around that you know when you around the time of the month where your 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 desire to exercise or your desire might still be there. But I I mean from personal experience, I very much see a decline the week before my period, and then when I'm actually on my period, like I thrive. I'm actually really really strong. Yeah. But the week before, I just go like, what the fuck? I lifted. So this with last your week, training, do even... you make adjustments? Do you regulate your volume down? To be honest, or with do you, you keep your your weights the same? Because I know we get a lot of um high reps low reps increased weight low weight um i think kind of fleshing out how you make your adjustments uh during during i would say that the adjustments i would make maybe the weeks that i feel weaker is the word you know i always try to progressively overload my training i mean it's not something you do every session don't no. you know this is one thing actually on progressive overload which is where Mark, let's do a dictionary definition. Progressive overload. Go. Is <laughs> consistently wow. increasing uh, <laughs> the level of adaptation or requirements for adaptation to your training. So consistently challenging yourself or anything with new levels of stimulus or unique levels of stimulus with the aim of obviously and, getting and that stronger. stimulus could be could be doing more reps doing more weight uh reducing your tempo so going slower through the eccentric or the lowering phase of movements adding more sets yeah you know, um, it could be you could be adding resistance in different forms like bands, bands. chains, just don't, don't chains, ever put a chains. chain on things. Especially just... if you work in a, in a gym with other people. Right. Okay. We used to work in the studio don't. that was no, don't. just don't. We used to work in the studio, which is obviously in if you're a very, a, like very nice side area barbell and you're like with the bros and it's a powerlifting gym and, and like you can get tetanus as soon as you walk in, then that's fine. <laughs> Then chains are cool, but if it's like a private studio, where normal in people go, level, general populations of London, yeah, nobody wants to. No, no, guys, I'm just going to actually floor. no. It's not even the chains. You know what it is? It's the fact that you're not even lifting 
that much weight but you've got to put the chains on it at least max out the weight to then put the chains for external weight instead of just having like 20s each side thinking you're a hard man and then putting chains on that just put a 10 on just put a fucking 10 on yeah literally but i'll never forget we worked in the studio and this guy was obsessed this other trainer was obsessed with putting chains on things and every fucking session it was when you've been at the gym for 12 hours yeah literally like and you've had like six almonds to eat and and 14 coffee the last thing you want to hear is a chain going up and down on the yeah. ground honestly you just want to take that chain and hurt people yeah. you yeah. know honestly yeah. I'm sure a lot of my female clients I used to train I'll remember that actually Everybody one of my clients remember will definitely that. remember that everybody remember that <laughs> we're getting right. sidetracked today but yeah different resistance profiles uh, are needed on a consistent basis so I guess you to, go back to um, app, like adjustments through periods yes. would then come yeah. down to I would wouldn't aim to potentially lift more because I feel like number one I feel like I'm going to pass out potentially (laughs) like I don't feel as strong I'm not going to aim to do that I would always go for probably more volume around my period which is different it's not necessarily like drop the rate drop the weight down drop the weight down to something that I can do with at least 12 let's do a practical example if you're hip thrusting 100 kilos on on, on a regular I'm just saying as an example (laughs) sorry sorry excuse me down on my strength Georgia hip thrust no it's a lot more than Mark, but it's okay. Yeah, that's not hard though. Oh, oh I, that's I, I really, take it back. You oh, do hip thrust yeah, a lot. 180, 160? No, I've done 200, Mark. You don't 200. need to keep... 200. Sorry, to, I don't... The no, it's not like I don't keep tabs. <laughs> I just need okay. to stare at you more. Yeah, okay, so training. no, it's just really weird. Like when we go into the gym, generally I ignore the fuck out of Like literally, you wouldn't even know we're married. <laughs> I just ignore everybody in the gym. You've got your little fist pump yeah, crew I've got in the, the gym. Crew, the the crew. Do. I don't know if the crew would listen to this. The crew may. I'll get do. them to listen. Oh no, please don't. This the is just becoming crew. a good this is a group of guys who like all come from different categories in the gym. Yeah. So what we mean by categories is I guess you could categorise the gym into certain stereotypes. Yeah, you've got stereotypes in every commercial gym. And these guys are power lifters and they spend their whole life and they're literally in the gym for like they must be there for as soon as you get there oh like three every, hours I every day like at least that and they do the same things and wear the same clothes every day yeah. really actually which is kind quite... of gross um and marks they have they're We've fascinated with bumping, how big uh, mark's arms bumping, are aren't they do you want me to just boost your ego you can yeah you can keep going, going pump up the biceps whilst uh, do you want to get the the weights up i'm quickly? currently flexing i'm currently flexing why didn't you do that in your posing show mark um yeah no they they're fascinated by mark's bum and arms yeah a guy came up to me and was like you've got a very nice bum I'm not which really I was sure quite flattered should... about because I've been working on my bum. Oh, okay, right. You don't always need to seek gratification from others, Mark. That's true. That's yeah, it's really quite sad. That will be another uh, podcast conversation about seeking gratification. Yeah, externally the attention. And how you need to create your own personal gratification. Okay, Mark, do you want to write a book? Uh, be your own cheerleader. <laughs> be your own cheerleader. Anyway, the fist pump crew is somebody that, I mean, now I've got to be part of the fist pump crew, which is even more awful. Yeah, like, you've even before. I've seen a tricep extension of the day and the guy even came up to me halfway through and I was yeah. like don't disturb me and try and fist we're trying to grow it I started off with two and now there's about eight guys there. eight guys and they're all different nationalities as well yeah. which is actually quite cool a nice like, variety of nice variety they didn't nice even know variety. where Zimbabwe was <laughs> yeah that's true they I'm are. sure a lot of people don't know where Zimbabwe is do you know where Zimbabwe is Mark 
Yeah, <laughs> considering I spent eighteen years of my life there. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, going yeah, on. we're going we're going off track here. Uh, okay, well, this is the whole point, Mark. I guess, you know? but like nobody wants to hear about Zimbabwe. Oh, but you say you're except for all our Zimbabwean listeners. Yes, except for Zimbabweans. <laughs> Um, sometimes people could do with a bit of cultural, I don't know, like a bit of a lesson. I've gone think... off day. All, all my mates forgot my birthday. So oh, God, so I'm not going to even support yeah, them. So I'm this not, is it. I'm, I'm not, not, uh, not Zimbabwean now. I'm South African. I'm British. <laughs> British. Um, you want that passport. Um, anyway. You, <laughs> you want... I've got ancestral right to okay. my passport. Okay, this is when it goes down. Anyway, back to building muscle. If we're going off of physiological changes throughout a time of the month for a woman... You, you adapt, okay? And that's perfectly fine. It's just something that you probably need to um, structure in accordingly every month and just realise that, I mean, I still go, oh, fuck, surprise, it's here. Why do I feel like shit? I'm going to cry. Like, literally, literally all the time to start crying for no reason. You know, it sometimes it does shock you, but if you know and learn how to manage it, like what I always do is I always increase my calorie intake around my period. Normally not when I'm on my period, normally before my period, because I just know that like, it's just not possible for me to adhere to the calories that I would normally to. I mean, I don't aimlessly track, but I am pretty structured in the mm. way that I eat. Mm. So um, I would say that definitely changes and that's cool. I always notice that I feel like, I'm puffy and don't like myself, but that's totally fucking normal. And that's when you put a big T-shirt on and have a little cry. Anyway, um, so obviously other changes that could be things that you would have to think about with men, I guess. Just overall consistency, I would yeah, say. Yeah, consistency. And, just training and alcohol hard. intake. I don't yeah, I would, be... I would imagine that would probably, out of, from Actually, our experience... that's a very good topic, is... Um, uh, yeah, expectations with uh, alcohol consumption and muscle. Um, again, basing our our viewpoint of uh, scientific studies, literature. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't like to use the word literature because you banned me from using that. Um, yeah, it just shows you that with excessive alcohol consumption, it reduces the body's ability to uh, adapt and fire the signaling needed for muscle protein synthesis or muscle growth so if you're getting absolutely blasted every single weekend and then or trying to catch another up, example maybe not even blast the weekend but drinking every day potentially yeah it's another thing like a lot like i mean when we're saying that like obviously we're not saying like an odd glass of wine is going to stop no things, like everything in moderation obviously as we said on point one was sleep and alcohol and sleep are two things that are yeah you know dr uh, getting absolutely wasted or drinking to go to sleep has also yes. been shown to impact your overall quality of sleep and impact your body's ability to cycle through the different REM cycles. Mm. Technically, it sedates you, it doesn't... Yeah, it's... you don't go to sleep, you just knock yourself out, mm. which doesn't allow you to go get deep restorative sleep, which is where you get all the main adaptations from your training is when you're in, that, in the deeper stages. Yeah, so if you don't hit that, then... It's going to be pretty tricky. Yeah, and then you wake up the next day, you, you're hungover, you want to eat highly palatable food, you don't want to walk, you don't want to exercise, you're dehydrated. Like counterproductive and all yeah, terms just... building muscle. And if you went off expectations, that's another thing. If your goal is to build muscle and you want to do it correctly, then you need to be consistent. And I know consistency is a word that we literally 
consistently bring yeah. up. Yeah. But I'm sorry, just nothing works in the world yeah. if you're just not consistent with it. Exactly. We and, know this. And one know? thing I'd, I think I'd also quite like to highlight um, from a trainer, trainer standpoint is we as trainers uh, need to stop telling our clients that when they put on weight, it's all of a sudden muscle t- uh, fat turning into muscle. Yeah. Or, you know, your client has put on two kgs or four kgs of muscle in two weeks. It's just That's not you need to unfortunately look at your clients in the face and explain to them that it's probably not muscle mass and it's either water retention, I food mean, volume, inflammation, or retention. just general body fat. You yeah, know and I mean? like so, and it's, it's a, a lot of trainers do that to try and I guess if your client is wanting, no, let's just say there's all different ranges of clients when you're a coach or a trainer. You know, you've got ones that are just exercising or just you know want to just keep on track of things to a degree and then you've got ones that want a result and if a person wants a result then you can't not face it I guess face on again you're at that stage where you you have to produce a result because if you produce a result you get return business and return business means financial security and cash flow and you as a trainer you don't want somebody to think that it's not working because if they think it's not working then they're probably not going to pay for it and then you go through that whole vicious cycle as a trainer i think one of the biggest things here is if you are a trainer and you're advising somebody on achieving a result then one you obviously need to know that yes training comes into play but most of the time with general population it's nutrition that comes into play more and if you are advising on nutrition number one Look, if you're a trainer, technically you're not qualified to give nutritional advice. However, I would disagree with that if those who are highly knowledgeable and have spent a lot of time educating themselves and know a lot about nutrition that could help somebody, they should be able to share that and they should Mm -hmm. be able to give advice. Um, But it is one of these things where you need to just not ignore the fact and not say like, oh, you sat in the scale. Oh, yeah, that's definitely muscle. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's not. not. You know, like majority of the time, as we said, it is the 0.1% that can actually, one, sacrifice, you know, to have a goal like building muscle um, Mm. or two. I mean, like if they're a beginner, again, it's, you know, it's a different situation. But I think all in all, like, don't say that, like, it's muscle when it's... Yeah, because it's just building and fortifying a negative... A negative connotation towards building muscle because... Generally, people go, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want this to happen. I'd, and then it's you're fighting a negative, going round and round in circles, when in reality, building muscle and fortifying your body and your joints by having a stronger and more muscular physique is going to improve your quality of life. Not a bodybuilder, not like a super, super, you know, statistical outliers, just... Just in general, quality of life is so important, and we notice it a lot more as we get older. I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, that I think only in the past year or two has sort of strength training. Look, I think strength training is very confused, actually, to be honest with you, because you have strength and conditioning coaches. Sure. But strength and weight training like weight training is different to strength and conditioning in a way 
it's the way people yeah, manipulate those. Yeah, if you want to get those. into the, 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 you know, the nitty-gritty, then, you yeah. Well, I'm saying how people utilise the word strength training in the class where potentially it's uh, not yes, strength okay. training. So it's quite hard as it's to what very is strength mo- it's training. Mo- it's marketable. You know? So your strength training, like most people will, like weightlifting, strength training would be basically a hit workout holding dumbbells. Yeah, and that's weight training, in my opinion. That's but strength yeah. training. I sometimes feel like pe- they people would use the word strength training. They for that, would. When they actually, would, they would. scientifically, that's I mean, not strength. Yeah, well, the true definition, the yeah. textbook definition, no. But the gyms that we have worked in do classes where they're like, "This is a strength class," and then you're doing. You know, burpees. And, yeah, that's you wrong. know a bunch of things that, by textbook definition, are not strength based exercises. Which is not a bad thing because it's not a bad thing, but it's just you know whatever, it's just us but... being pedantic about the true definition because yeah. assuming that you are strength training and you're essentially doing a hit based workout holding dumbbells is. Yeah, yeah. Has I, two different outcomes. You get really upset about that, don't you? No, I've, <laughs> I've moved past that in my life. Yeah, personal, you know what? There's a lot when you personal grow. Progress. You grow personal progress. Personal yeah. progress. Not it's just about after. moving and and exercising and being able to, you know, uh, keep and maintain some form because, of joint mobility uh, as you I get s- older. I see it. I see it. As we said, like if the last couple of years has been like the uptake of like strength training has become obviously more and more popular and for lots of different age ranges which I think is so important and I'd like to say that statistically our client age range currently is sitting where we deal with majority of women going through menopause and another thing which I think hasn't been educated enough with menopausal women and people going through or you know there is a there is all of this information that says There's a ton. There's a lot of people that go through menopause very early. That's very ignored half the time, you know, and it it could be medically induced or um, another factor that comes into play with, you know, menopause starting. But it's about that preparation for you to go through that phase. Mm. And we say it time and time again, like at school, you like as a female, like sorry to not speak about the male side, but as a female, you are you are taught sex ed do you know what I mean here's to put a fucking condom on a banana and you are literally taught about your period if you're lucky normally mm. your period comes from maybe your mum like taking you to the side and being like oh this is a sanitary pad or a tampon or something weird like that like oh god I don't know those conversations creep me out but like something like that but you're not educated on anything other than really the the tools to I guess, like go on the pill or something random. Or the, you you're get never the, talked to, you're uh, never spoken to about. Stereotypical uh, when you go to the video room and then they show you like an hour of like the most hectic STDs. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, don't to, ever like, have To like scare sex. you from yeah. ever like coming never close. Never doing That's definitely a men's thing, isn't it? Yeah, no. All boys That's school, definitely what we you were, were shown, wasn't it? Catholic Stop school, we were like, shit. no sex before marriage and you're going to go to hell and a whole bunch. It was okay, we're pretty... definitely not getting into religion. No, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that was the you're married to a Jewish woman. <laughs> Doesn't matter. No, not really. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, when you are like going into the, I guess it would be great if the generations that I guess we sit in, yeah. which is obviously, you know, we start to prepare ourselves more for a situation that happens obviously yeah. to everybody at a certain age, well, every woman at a certain age, but also with men, 
your testosterone levels dramatically reduce as mm-hmm. you get older. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, I guess, I mean, Mark, off you go. You would man. have to, much like, but it's it's synonymous across, uh, you know, men and women that you, you just need to consistently uh, apply the self-care habits that will help you combat things like osteoporosis, mm. Park, uh, not Parkinson's, uh, arthritis, sarcopenia. Two very different things. Yeah. So um, these are the things that you the, that plague uh, the older generation and have a dramatic impact on your life as you get older. And not only those things, it's the risk and the of, of picking up injuries, or as you yeah. get older, you're more likely to fall. Or bone density. Bone density. Balance, or yeah, and confidence. and these are the things where like. I hope if I make it to the age that, like, my grandma now is, that, like, I'm still, like, hip thrusting 200 kilos. Maybe I won't. That's maybe I'll probably need some, um, <laughs> some enhancements. No, I think, I think um, you know, the, it's we're definitely these... starting to see more of, like, yeah. people in their 70s still strength training. Which is so good. Like, yeah. I can't even, it's never too late to start. Always no, say never. there's never too late to start. Um, and I think it should be actively encouraged. And also going off that fact, if you deal with like el- like more elderly clientele, you know, potentially a physio or mm. sports therapist to a degree, yeah. just remember, I guess, that like we have a lot of people who go to physios and sports therapists, but they never actually give them anything that's going to give a solution. Instead, yeah. they sort of keep them there, which I get is, is the same as business at the end of the day. But if you do have an elderly client, you need to encourage them to start... I guess moving in different planes yeah, of motion, which is not sitting in a chair. You we know can't what I mean? wrap the older generation up in cotton wool, and and they are wiser than all of us put together. No, they are, that. but they <laughs> need to. They need to. If you don't use your joint mobility you and you don't it. test and stimulate your muscles, you're going to use it. No, you're going to lose it. If you're exactly, you're going to lose, lose it. it. And if you're it. sat, you know, for fourteen hours a day. And then people are expecting you to then stand up and walk without a frame or, you know, do all these bold things where you spent the 90% of your day sat down, you know, it's... But also, actually, we could go off that fact. It's not always, you know, in the elderly that have joint. I mean, we literally have dealt with... 40-year-olds with such bad back pain that they take codeine every day. They have done for the whole of their life. And, you know, with a few fixes... The vast majority Some people are about to go onto a surgery table for hip replacements, knee replacements. Yeah, the vast majority of of working adults suffer from some form of joint And this is what also, I guess... Back pain or sciatica or shoulder impingement. But also, when you go through something like a hip replacement or knee replacement, unless it's something like an accident, you've gone, you know, you've had a fall, or you I don't know an accident overall I think you know either side of your surgery like you're going to be either asked to do something or other to make sure that you're in the best sure now normally that's quite basic but after your hip replacement don't just think that you're going to be getting up and super active without thinking about what's surrounding it you know what i mean exactly. and this is what doing I think, some form of rehabilitation it's regardless. never just a fix you know what i mean it's like for example a lot of people having steroid injections for um anything. injuries anything so many times they don't work and it's no, like they don't because it's not affecting the underlying issue like, yeah 
I've had bursitis in my shoulders and that was purely based from really poor posture, you know. Yeah. So getting a steroid injection did absolutely nothing. And should it do something? No, because it, no. it's it's, it's not, like putting a plaster over a bullet wound. Yeah, it's you're not impacting the, the underlying factor of why is it that way. And addressing and prioritizing building muscle mm. will not only make you look and feel better but then it will also reduce your yeah, risk of, your risk of injury and your risk of joint uh, joint pain down dramatically you know we have a lot of people coming to us with like running injuries as well like ankles or knees yes. and stuff and that also does come down to yeah. the need to build it could be weakness in your tendons and ligaments calves, it could be like, you know, your body is undergoing numerous uh, adjustments as you walk, exercise on mm. a day-to-day basis. And that stimulus places requirements on your joints and muscles and ligaments. And if your body cannot fulfill those obligations, then you're going to get joint pain. Then yeah. you, But it's not just the joint pain. It's the joint pain that is then chased by... Uh, prescription medication or painkillers that then impact things like your glucothione levels which is your which the main uh, amino acid that kind of regulates your immune system so you you you're getting a lot of negative things uh in a in a in a circle in a loop that is you know just just chasing itself down you know you're You've got to always think of the overall picture with these things because I think a lot of people have therapies, don't they? A lot of therapies to try and help this one. Actually, it comes down to potentially just building muscle or working your body in a, yeah. a range where... And you don't have to go to the gym. You can you invest yeah, a little oh bit God. of money. Just... You know, COVID all taught us that we can do some form of exercise at home and you don't need much. You just need a mat or the space of a mat. So you could, even if you had to do some bodyweight exercises or some movements that you can adjust with a long loop band or a glute band, yeah. then you can... There's what we're basically trying to say is there's no excuse. Age is not an excuse. Equipment's not an excuse. Uh, saying you don't like it and you find it boring is not an excuse. Or if you don't have time. Now, I do appreciate certain situations, individuals, not everybody has massive amount of time no. in the day, but we... I would just like to point out, all spend too much time on our phones. And if you got off your phone for like 20 minutes, half an hour and just moved yourself or went sure. for a walk or increased your mobility somehow um, and did something that was progressive, you'd probably feel a hell of a lot better. So that is one thing, like a lot of people do say, I don't have a lot of time. And when we actually analyze it, they do. Yeah. Um, when you get that thing that you've spent six hours on your phone that day, yeah. like literally, like it's not something that yeah, is taken that. lightly. And um, it's and you know it's some form of muscle building uh, habit should complement any form of sport. So whether if you like yoga, yeah. whether you like Pilates, whether you like cycling, everything. Whether you like swimming, you name it. Um, strength football. training. Rugby. progressively will <laughs> will have a profound 
positive benefit on on absolutely any aspect of life. Yeah, like we've trained footballers who are obviously Premier League footballers and like what they, I hate to say it, what they come in like is like quite worrying for somebody that's a professional athlete. Yeah, and it is. things that, re- and then their performance But I guess, yeah, I'll touch from... out that, that stimulus is just running all day and then you're like, running, they do running. a couple of deadlifts and then you can't expect the stimulus of, of the Obviously, there's certain physiques that are needed for certain sports sure. as well. So that's another thing that comes into play with having too much muscle mass. Like you don't, if you're running all the time, then have, carrying yeah. a load of muscle mass is very heavy. Yeah. So it's one of those things which is not, it's kind of counterproductive for an athletic cardiovascular. Oh, yeah. you know, if you get like, that's why also a lot of bodybuilders as well have unfortunately you know, passed away a little bit earlier than expected. It's, yeah, it's, it's just maintaining that, that heavy muscle mass. And, mm. you know, when you are a statistical outlier in any aspect of life, there are certain health repercussions to, yeah, to... your kind of, obs- not obsession, but your your line of work. Yeah, I think it actually probably moved quite well on to um, what we were going to speak about, or we said we were going to speak about at the start, which was, that how many people underestimate their strength. Um, yeah, hugely. It it definitely comes down to a confidence thing. I think it it's one of these things where I like to give examples to clients that where it's like all the movements that we kind of put you through and you not put you through, but like coach you to do or, you know, tell you what to do. They've all got like an underlying factor as to why, like in the sense that if you were to like reach up to a cupboard and get something out of the cupboard, like you want yourself to obviously be able to reach it and you want to be able to get it. Now, there's lots and lots of people that can't even reach above their head. Now, bringing in overhead mobility, for example, and overhead pressing or stuff where puts that body in strength, yeah, strength and strength, you know, the combination of them improves that like you know that day-to-day life thing of opening up the cupboard and getting something out the cupboard it's the same if you had someone like you know you had children it's picking up the children Mm. if you imagined obviously the child's not going to be in a perfect deadlift position but you could practice it if you wanted to pick up the child but it's that whole strength that's needed carrying a baby around yeah and so we have strength if you're a woman listening to this and you've had a child you have a fuck ton of strength literally not only going through pregnancy physically and mentally and it's something that i just think is never every woman i've ever trained and i have helped become stronger or they feel strong like they feel literally on top of the world there is no other way to describe it Mm. and at every age they just feel great Mm. because being stronger and feeling stronger means you're going to excel in so many other parts of your life yeah there's so much more to it but just touching on um they have done uh, scientific studies when it, with regards to strength and picking and choosing of weights between men and women, between trained and untrained uh, athletes. And generally, people underestimate their strength by, you know, 30 to 50%. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So if you're going to go pick up a weight and you should be using a 10 kilo, like 10 kilo weight, most people would go and pick up a three or a four. Yeah, you know and I mean? it's just... Look, I guess it's a confidence thing on, oh, I can't lift that. Yeah. I have a lot of people yeah. where you, you oh, I can't lift that. Everyone I try face to face and actually current face to face clients, oh, that's really heavy. It's like you can lift that. You just picked yeah. a child up from the floor. Exactly. You know, like literally like the child is exactly. there. But it's this whole thing of like, I guess 
you are strong inside of you. And I think you should never be feel like you can't try something, even if you only manage a couple of reps, just yeah. to see like you just what your try. strength is. But I guess going on to the fact that like I, you know, every female that I've trained to be, you know, to be stronger, you know, you feel just great and you you feel like you can really take on anything. And it's that moment in the session where you do feel strong and you're like, you know what, I've got this, which is very motivating. There's always a light style. bulb moment with every single person, whether it's a man or a woman, there's always some form of reluctancy and then the light bulb goes off and then it's the case of trying to manage them not doing too much yeah, yeah not doing too much obviously then it's, then it's just the bulb counter- goes off it's, <laughs> it's the, just the like it goes to- yeah so i think sometimes obviously mm. we're not saying like going into the gym tomorrow and push for like seven times mm. the amount of weight you've ever lifted no. in any way we're talking obviously going off of progressive overload that we spoke about earlier yes. you know and doing it in a, a way that structured you, manner structured and manner enjoyable and enjoyable yeah i think you shouldn't just be doing stuff if you don't really enjoy it um but i again you know don't underestimate yourself in a training environment. and don't if you are training at home and you're deciding to be in that type of environment don't uh let it be a limiting factor you yeah, know like you don't shy away from a couple of heavier yeah just invest like a, a little bit of money into gym equipment if you buy decent enough uh, dumbbells and you know, a few bits and pieces. They are a lifetime investment that you can use numerous I'm times over. I'm going to um, give a shout out to one of our clients, actually, oh, go on. who probably has the best gym set up, Cash. Oh, yes. Who, yeah, front door. I don't know, just, it's just great. It's like literally our front door and she just smashes her sessions all the time. And I just yeah. think it's really cool. Yeah, like, it's quite it's, appealing walking into your house literally to find a squat rack. Yeah, and we've also got two virtual clients as well that have got a very good setup yeah. um where like and i think it's just imp- giving yourself that yeah um, you know if you're going to train at home give yourself the best chance and ability to to yeah to achieve what you want to, to achieve, achieve yeah. what you want to and like don't just limit yourself with a set of fours and a glute band like invest a little bit of money into a bench and a, you don't have to get an olympic bar you can get a five foot bar and some bumper plates and yeah i mean just, just think about what you want you know what i mean and if you are wanting to build muscle and you are wanting to see that result then things do need to i guess be increased on some sides you know and and if if that is really a goal of yours then like any goal you need to invest in it somewhere or another so um yeah like home is not a limiting factor you just might need to increase your i guess equipment to a degree Yeah, just just spend a little bit of money it's the best investment that you could potentially make if if you're that way inclined yeah um and yeah, just don't ever think that um, you're not strong enough to complete certain things. You know, you don't always have to be completing full amounts of rep ranges just because somebody says 15 or 20 reps. Mm. No, push mm. it, take it down 8 to 10, see what you can push yourself yeah. to. Even lower, 6, just see what you can do. Like yeah. Because when you do challenge yourselves, you know, in, in those situations, you do come out feeling so much better. Yeah. Um, that but, is very true. And... Um, yeah, so just to recap on everything before we before we We're finish gonna it off. We're going to do a conclusion. Like yeah, literature. I feel like we should do, do a conclusion <laughs> so that people can... Um, okay, con- so first things first. If you are looking to build muscle, I think we could say if you're a beginner, have fun with it because the first year is yeah. absolutely glorious yeah. of making huge yeah. progress. Obviously, if you're consistent and adherent to your targets and whatnot. Um I the most important factors for muscle building. Well, we touched on you said sleep 
Um, I think sleep, alcohol intake, nutrition, nutrition and protein intake. So and effort in the gym. I think in terms of protein intake, you know, you can always message us via Instagram or something like that if you want to know what your protein intake, you know, targets are sure. or what we advise in the sense of um, numbers and stuff. Um, that's always an easy way of doing it. And then I would say that obviously training stimulus is very important exactly. and, and moving your body, doing a right, the right amount for certain areas. Yeah, with our, I mean, there's tons of things that we could cover, but just for the general population, the main kind of things to focus on, the building blocks are like recovery, sleep, yeah. nutrition, protein, calorie intake, alcohol intake, alcohol intake <laughs> and, um, and training effort. Yeah, training effort. This is it. Just like, you know, you know, you've got to challenge yourself to make progress in every area. So, yeah. you know, don't be afraid of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, exactly. sometimes you're going to hate certain exercises like yeah. a Bulgarian and you can squat. And you can have the best uh, program and the best periodization and the best combination of movements. If you do not work between that, that sweet spot between a 6 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10 intensity and you're actually forcing your body to adapt, then you need to probably readjust your expectations a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, and then I guess finally is just know know how strong you are, know what you can achieve and just make sure that you're every goal that you're you're doing is oh, progressive for you lifelong exactly. scalable scalable and also you know if if you're sitting here listening to this and you're older than us or you've never started strength training as we say time and time again it's never too late to start if you need advice we're here like to to give you that advice but you know it's never too late to start if you want to start strength training it's one of the best things you'll ever do in your life so that will wrap it up for episode three we hope you enjoyed it and soon enough we are going to be doing a little bit of um we're going to ask you for some life situations and how we can help you and advise you kind um, of like a agony aunt type didn't realize you were an auntie um, but same thing we want to be uncle. able to help you through your situations whether it's you know nutrition training life scenarios you name it mindset orientated yeah. we want to be able to help so that is the thing that's going to be coming to this contains garlic soon but um, if you like it, follow it. We're going to be emailing you. And if you need us, you know where we are. Yeah, just drop us, uh, drop a, message, us a, message. Uh, a message on Instagram or an email. S- we will drop another episode soon. Yeah. Cheers, Bye. guys. Bye.